0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast.
1: Thanks for checking it out, and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So
2: let's rock
1: it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. I was uh, disheartened to see the death toll climb from Hurricane Ian. I think we knew that it would uh, and especially considering all the damage that it did in southwestern Florida, I'm surprised it's not more. Uh, but I'm also, I said I was disheartened by the uptick in numbers. I'm also heartened by just watching the recovery efforts. It's, it's rescue, it's recover, and it's what Americans do best is rebuild. And that's what's going on down now uh, in Lee County and other parts of southwest Florida.
0: Unfortunately, I do think you'll see that number rise as the recovery efforts continue. Uh, And you're seeing a little bit of a discrepancy in the numbers. So NBC had their total at 87 this morning. However, the Associated Press still lists the total number of fatalities in Florida, North Carolina, and Cuba at 68. So there's a little bit of a difference in the numbers coming in. Uh, But you're right. It's great to see the spirit of America come together and help those who need this. And I'm not just saying this because it's Florida and it's a red state or whatever. If there were a massive earthquake or something that would rock California, I would hope people would put their politics aside and say, you know what? Let's help some people here. Let's do the right thing. And I think it's honest assessment. There are people that were rooting for big numbers of deaths in Florida. There are some horrible people on the internet. We've seen them. They've been retweeted a number of different times from different people. They were rooting for Mar-a-Lago to get blasted. They were hoping Ron DeSantis would screw up yeah. That's so they what it was. wag their finger at him and say, you're not presidential material. You're not even governor material. People are so into their politics, they were hoping for
1: disaster. Well, seeing as how DeSantis is up like what eight or nine points in florida and he won in 2018 by less than a point is saying something i think he's doing an incredible job down there indiana's task force
0: one they're still down in florida awesome uh they put out a tweet last night that said they were still conducting searches in fort myers and uh the beach areas that were just the hardest hit by the hurricane quote The team is working neighborhood to neighborhood, clearing communities affected by Hurricane Ian. We have also listened to citizens tell us their stories of survival during the storm. Now, according to the Florida Division of Emergency Management, crews like Indiana's Task Force One have rescued more than 1,600 people statewide. It's
1: unbelievable. And who do we talk to? Mark Herrera is a guy that we talked to Friday on the program. He's a seasoned law enforcement official that uh, specializes in training first responders in extreme situations. These guys are down there, are, are risking their lives. I mean, there is some uh, volatile conditions down there after a hurricane swipes through, uh, slides through. Uh, you know, there's wildlife. I didn't even think about, like, the wildlife misplacement of alligators, there's chemicals that could be in some of the flooded waters that they have to wade through to check and see if if there are human lives uh, still at risk. There is all sorts of things. Downed power lines in the middle of, of, of puddles of water that you have to be careful. So many things could go wrong when you're trying to rescue people in the aftermath of a hurricane. Deanne Criswell is one of the
0: admins of FEMA. She talked about the recovery efforts.
3: While we certainly hope that we can continue to find more people alive and bring them out, uh, we're going to support the state and their needs as we continue to go house by house um, and make sure that everybody's accounted for. Now, meanwhile,
0: the Indiana National Guard, uh, they were sent back home. Oh, really? What's interesting is that I've got some friends and family that are down there. You know, they've got some you know, rental properties, some timeshare places that have been completely destroyed. Yeah, I do too. And they're They're wondering why anybody was sent back home. Oh, really? So, you know, it's a little interesting that the Indiana National Guard was sent back. Basically, they were told, listen, we've got enough people down here. You guys go do something else. Um, We got an update on the scumbag that shot and ultimately killed Richmond police officer Ciara Burton. His court appearance has been pushed back by two months. Now, before anybody starts freaking out about what's going on here, is there some sort of sweetheart plea deal, I believe this is just so they can update the charges against this guy because the original court appearance, which was scheduled to be coming up, did not have a murder charge on it. She was still
1: alive at that point. When she was still it, alive
0: yeah. at that time. So as of September 18th... Um, there, were, there was no murder charge against Lee. That's the last name of the scumbag that killed him. I know we hate to give
1: these people's names, but I want you guys to be in the loop here. Well, hopefully the murder charge is going to be tacked on along with an effort to seek the death penalty. Correct. My personal opinion, I don't know how the family feels about that. We always defer to the families of the victims when it comes to that sort of thing. But, yeah, obviously a death penalty uh, is due here.
0: He's now scheduled to appear before a jury right after Christmas, December 27th. His attorney requested a continuance, and the prosecutors, of course, did not object. And now they've got more time to work on A murder charge, whether or not this is something they want to pursue the death penalty on now that a police officer has passed away. Uh, Which brings us to the weekend crime numbers, something Nigel and I do every Monday here on this program. Over the weekend here in Indianapolis, at least 13 people shot, three stabbed, three killed. Now, there was a bizarre hostage situation that was taking place on the southwest side yesterday I saw near yeah. holt road area uh, it was a domestic dispute and like a lot of times the officers said that this was a place they were familiar with they had been there multiple times and when they got there there was a domestic dispute the ex-boyfriend had a gun next thing you know swat team has to arrive they barge in they eliminate the threat they shoot and kill this guy because he did have a weapon and everybody got out safely. That was innocent.
1: You mean they didn't call a social worker in first? They did not call Mm -hmm. a social worker in first 13 people shot, three stabbed and three unfortunate homicides in the city. And I always like to compare our weekends with Chicago's. It's about double that. So, you know, in terms of per capita, it's we're breaking even here. Six killed and 28 people wounded. Um, over the weekend in chicago
0: yeah that's that's not good if you're indianapolis and the thing is this is a mild weekend in indianapolis only three killed this is kind of the bar that we've set for ourselves in this city there used to be a time where this city was under 100 homicides throughout the year and it wasn't that long ago and the thing that really fires me up more than Than anything else is when I see people like Ryan Mears, the prosecutor of Marion County, and those that carry his water trying to do a victory lap. Well, well, the crime is down this year. You didn't have a mass shooting like FedEx. There were a couple mass shootings in Indianapolis last year. You add those to the mix or take them out, however you want to talk about it. We're pretty much on par with last year. We're down technically, but you take out a few mass shootings, like the ones that took place,
1: you know, last year, we're right there. What your, would what's your old man say to Hogsett at the, the Beach Grove parade <laughs> when they... He walked by their house, and they started booing. What was the – and Hogsett went up to him, right? Right. Hogsett said that the uh, homicide
0: numbers were down, a crime was down. And my dad said, there's nowhere to go but down. (laughs) Last year was a record year. You're not supposed to set a record every year. And this city is on pace for 200 homicides again, and that would put it in the top two or three of all time in the history of Indianapolis. So don't buy – that crap coming out of the mayor's office or the prosecutor's office, that crime is somehow substantially down. We might not set a record this year because there's not major mass killings like at the FedEx factory, but it's still a mess. It's real bad. And we're back. The
2: Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. in the dark.
1: What, is this a nitty-gritty dirt band? Is that what it is? A little fishing in the dark. Uh, the, the controversy that's gone viral over the weekend is the this fishing tournament. These guys at this fishing tournament got caught cheating and stuffing their fish with these giant weights to make them uh I, I don't know i don't know how it works in fishing heavier tournaments yeah i mean they make them heavier so the heavier they are the the, the, the heavier they are the, the more money they get or whatever right that's and, how you win the competition uh, so we'll break that down in just a second i don't know that we could play the audio it was no pretty there's nothing like, we can play of that audio at all <laughs> it's so it's so nuts though uh but first the colts game uh, 24-17 the final score Titans beat the Colts at Lucas Oil Titans didn't score in the second half which makes it e- even worse the especially were- for over betters, yeah, those lying right. no
0: good rotten Titans and the Colts how much did you miss the over by Two, two points. points.
1: <laughs> so if the
0: new kicker would have hit yeah. the 51-yarder that he shouldn't have been kicking in the first place, yeah. I would have cashed in. <laughs> but the fact that I only got seven whole points in the entire second half of these bad
1: football teams—what an awful game! What an awful day! And who, but who? But uh, who was representing us in the the uh, station Colts seats? Who was representing the Hammer and Nigel Show? Somebody in a Titans jersey. That would be our producer kyle wells aka mega mondo all right mondo did you did you indeed wear uh titans gear in the station seats i did i wore my derrick uh, henry jersey yeah. however uh, lucas
4: oil stadium is very beautiful i definitely took the time during that terrible football game to just look around and really appreciate the beauty that is lucas oil stadium because i sat not only was i in the company seats up in the six
1: sixteen station uh, oh, section, gave you, they gave you the <laughs> they gave you the nosebleeds.
4: Yeah, but uh, okay. So Other, you weren't up there like with like you, the new owners of the company. No, 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 no. I was up in the
1: nosebleeds. They've got different seats all over that place. Some yes. down low, some in the suites, some up high. <laughs>
4: but as <laughs> they, I was,
0: I think now hold on. I think gave... because of what happened last <laughs> time, that's why you got stuck up in the nosebleeds. Yeah,
4: blades. sure. I'll sit wherever. Uh, beggars can't be choosers. But what I noticed was there were so many empty seats, not just, at the oh, really? in, not just at the end of the game, but throughout the entire game. I mean, where were the Colts fans at yesterday? Where were the Colts at yesterday? <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> the, the Colts weren't there on the field, and the Colts <laughs> fans weren't there in the stands. I mean, this that was my 19th Titans-Colts game. So from experience, this was the worst-looking game that I've set in not only what I saw on the field from both teams but just looking around the stadium man it was pathetic Did and they, sad in
1: there was there were there audible boos I didn't I wasn't watching closely on TV I was doing stuff kind of in the background I had the game on the entire time oh yeah there, but the boos were audible when you were there I mean yeah. you said you heard on TV didn't you yeah
4: Hammer Chase McLaughlin got booed out of the city when he missed that field goal <laughs> uh, but the I, thing is I don't think the fans were booing the miss why
0: are you kicking a field goal down seven with two minutes left. (laughs) Oh, you got to cut it to four? You still
4: need a touchdown? (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) I told Hammer this before we uh, came on the air. The two loudest, biggest pops that I heard yesterday were when Shaq Leonard, formerly known as Darius Leonard, got introduced during the introduction. Oh yeah, it was his first game back. That was a big pop. And then during the game when they showed the score to the Jaguars-Eagles game, those were the two loudest cheers that you heard throughout the <laughs> that's entire bad. game yeah, that's that's real bad <laughs> that's the biggest roar from the crowd <laughs> when they showed the Jag score
0: how bad is that
1: so how do you feel hammer i really don't care if he's wearing titans gear if he was sitting in the nosebleeds if he's did in
4: you, the nosebleeds, that's did fine you wrote, did you get to move down at all i did, did man I, I started in the 600 level and i made my way down into the 400 level and if i wanted to i probably could have been in the 100 level I'm telling you guys, it it, it was bad. It was sad. So it was 24 to 3 at one point. At that point, did the joints start to empty out? Yeah. I mean, it was still the first half. Yeah, I told Nigel this. Uh, People left at halftime and they didn't come back. Wow. And I saw droves. I mean, I'm talking thousands and thousands of fans. They hit the exits at halftime, and one Colts fan. It's always funny because people think I'm not from here when I do wear my Titans uh, gear. So they're always like, "Oh man, how was the drive?" You know, up to Indy, and I'm like, "Well, I live here, so the drive was easy for me." But man, one All right. one, one Colts fan said, he goes. Uh, w- w- all right, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Kyle's <laughs> talked way too long
0: in this break. We just told him we to... wanted to share his game day experience, and now he's doing like a 15 minute monologue. Remind me never, ever again to it's, ask you, Kyle anything. You wrote
1: it down on the end. I
0: know. And I even told him, I was like, hey, we just need your recap of your game day experience. Now he's talking about his damn drive into the
4: ballpark. Thanks. Well, I think that's all the Biden impression. So in Ohio. In Ohio. Losing my thought over here. Oh. The
0: phishing scanner. Is that where it was, Ohio? Yeah, Lake yeah, yeah. Erie. Um, I've got the video posted on our Facebook and Twitter.
1: Now, there's a lot of filth, flarn, flarn, filth in the video. so Too much for us to even bleep out. Right. But these guys caught these other dudes
0: cheating. Right. This was a big competition, like a walleye competition, and the top prize, I think, was like $29,000. So this is competitive, big-time fishing, and these dudes... I don't know how long they've been doing it, but they've won over hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, worth of man. cash and prizes.
1: So that means they've been cheating pretty much the whole time. They were doing it at this at this tournament.
0: Right. So things got a little squirrely when these guys put their bucket of fish on the scale, and it looked like the same as everybody else, but it was substantially heavier. Yeah. And these guys are like, wait a minute. Those five six
1: fish why do they weigh this and his weigh something different they started cutting them open and there were metal weights in there like little ball weights right that they had stuffed down their throats to make them heavy and
0: other fillets like other fish fillets were stuffed in there too yeah 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 and the video is insane because the guy that bust them like At the beginning of the video, and again, it's on our Facebook and Twitter, he ejects these guys like he's a Major League Baseball umpire. (laughs) There's weights in the fish! And
1: he throws them out. They they were threatening to call the cops on the guys?
0: Well, the prosecutor (laughs) is involved now because they're wondering if this has been a big scam where they've basically been embezzling money, cheating money, and now the Ohio
1: prosecutor is involved. And it's interesting because, like, everybody's saying, why were these guys freaking out? It's a fishing tournament. Calm down. It's fish. And some guy posted on our our Hammer and Nigel Facebook page. He's from Beach Grove. His name's Devon. Apparently he enters these tournaments a lot. And he says, uh, quote, there's a lot that goes into it. Most guys are running boats that range from seventy to hundred thousand dollars, trucks that range from fifty to hundred thousand dollars in equipment and entry fees. You combine that investment along with the competitive nature of these tournaments, people are going to be passionate about trying to finish on top. He also says you're never gonna stop cheating in this sport either. Wow. This is this is a guy that posted on our page that apparently enters a lot of these tournaments. So I mean, I that get
0: was... why people are ticked off. I mean, if this is your livelihood, if this is how you make a living, competitive fishing, these guys are taking food off your table by cheating. I totally yeah. get it. I'm 100% in. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
4: The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show.
5: It's Monday Gun Day with the Gun Guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. real
6: for Stop calling your arms guns. On the
5: Hammer and Nigel show. 93 W.I.B.C.
1: My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer is here, Guy Relford, host of The Gun Guy Show, Second Amendment attorney, and licensed firearms instructor joining us live in studio. Guy, how are you?
5: I'm great, man, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories, 8401 East Highway 36. Uh, Check out my buddies at fortlibertyfirearms.com
1: tons of things i want to get to you oh yeah uh, t- get to today with you uh beto o'rourke had a debate with abbott uh over on friday and this wow it's so funny how yeah and we'll get to that in a second but beto's backing off his hell no hell hell yes we're gonna take
5: your guns yeah he finally well, he's uh, figured out he lives in texas yeah right well it depends on which month it is <laughs> yeah, too. yeah well he that's true. true but he finally looked around and went wow this kind of looks like texas i'm trying to win in an election <laughs> and maybe i should monitor or i should i should alter that stance just a little bit where
1: was this but where, i want to play you this clip what was this clip from this was over the weekend right or this is biden on friday so this is is
0: biden over the weekend and he did a couple different speaking events none of them which went well Uh, but (laughs) this is joe biden doing that weird creepy lean into the microphone whisper thing about wanting to ban assault weapons together we passed and signed
4: the first meaningful gun safety law in 30 years now we're not stopping there i'm coming back we are going to ban
1: assault weapons again. I did it once, and I'm going to do it again. Isn't it funny how they said, <laughs> everybody was saying, yeah, this ain't the end of it when they passed that gun legislation earlier this year. Oh, everybody was saying this no. is going to lead even more Democrats. Yeah, this is definitely only the first step, right? So what do you think about, you know, that old chestnut of uh, of the, old, the assault weapons ban talk again?
5: Well, yeah. I mean, there are a number of things to talk about here. First of all, when he said we're going to do it again, yeah, Biden, Diane Feinstein, they were involved in passing the so-called assault weapon ban of, of 1994. That was in, in, in place from 94 to 04, and, but it had a sunset clause in it. And so the Congress had to decide whether they were going to renew it, because if they didn't specifically renew it, then it was going to you know, fall of its own weight. So they commissioned a study by the National Institute of Justice, that's the research arm of the Department of Justice, they went out and did, did, did research, and they came back and they said, so-called assault weapons, you know, semi-automatic rifles with detachable magazines, um, account for such a low percentage of, of overall murders in this country, less than 2%. like we're around 1% to 1.5%, that were the assault weapon ban of 94 be renewed in oh four, the results would be, quote-unquote, too small to measure. And on that basis, they decide to let it just die. Because I
0: always hear about this 94 assault weapons ban, and they champion this thing like it stopped everything
1: in this country.
5: Absolutely not. So were
1: you not allowed to buy AR-15s in that decade?
5: You could. Well, no, not well. New ones, there were regulations on transfer... Uh, of guns, unless they had modifications done to them to take them outside the definition of, a, of of an assault weapon. So the answer to your question is yes, you could, but you the manufacturers had to tweak them a little bit, and you had uh, magazine capacity limits. In fact, yeah. we we all had uh, both pistol mags, rifle mags, even shotguns that, that had pre-ban and post-ban magazines. You could still have them, you know, if they, if they were manufactured pre-ban but there were limitations on transfer. So it it did nothing. Uh, The the ban that has now passed the House, we talked about this a few weeks ago, it's sitting in the Senate, it's not going anywhere. I mean, imagine being a Joe Manchin, or uh, imagine being a, a, a Kirsten Cinema, and and, and and looking at a tight race potentially as a Democrat, or you know, in the House or Senate, and wanting to go back right here before midterms and talk <laughs> about gun control. Right. You think that's what any of the Democrats right now who are in in tight races in battleground states? You think that's what they Wait, want to talk they about? They probably right all
1: face palmed when
5: Biden said that. Oh, I guarantee you, clear, they're going, oh, not this. <laughs> so let's
0: kind of look. At in the crystal ball here no matter what happens in the midterms you're still going to have some of these folks whether they're re-elected or lame duck sure. in office until the early portion of january do you see some sort of pathway or timeline for the democrats to try to do something like joe biden's
5: talking about Not a chance in hell because they need 60 votes in the senate uh, we, we've seen that they don't have the will to suspend the 60-vote requirement in the Senate. There's nowhere close to 60 votes in the Senate for this, so that's not going to happen. But I'll also tell you, they also have to know, anybody who's actually paid any attention to what the Supreme Court has done recently will tell you that there's zero chance that this Supreme Court would uphold an assault weapon ban if Congress passed it. That's not going to happen. They Under the new rules announced on how we determine Second Amendment cases, in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin case, there's zero chance this Supreme Court would uphold an assault weapon ban, and 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 the people in Congress have to know that. So this is Biden pandering to his base, that the ones that that still pay any attention well, to him. He can't pander to him about anything else. Oh, well, I know. Right. And, and so, but it, it, it this is going nowhere. And, and and to be honest with you, I almost wish that it would. Well, one little devious side of me almost wishes Congress would pass an assault weapon ban, just so Cong- just so the Supreme Court rather can 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 shut it down, declare it unconstitutional, and we can stop talking about it, because that's exactly what would happen. And if you put it up
0: for a vote too you know who's on what side. Oh, yeah. Right? Because that's oh, a tough point. decision for Joe Manchin. That's a tough decision for Kirsten Cinema. Like, they're going to have to publicly say yay or nay.
5: You can't just miss that vote. No, exactly. You can't just go, oh, what? We're going to vote on what this week? Oh, no, I missed you know, that vote. A, I'm yeah, sorry. No, that's a really good <laughs> point. And there are so many battleground states where those, those Democrats want nothing to do with this.
1: Uh, it's uh, Monday Gunday with Guy Relford, uh, Guy Relford here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So, uh, Beto O'Rourke running for governor in Texas against Abbott. Uh, they had a debate. Friday. Yeah. It was Friday or Saturday. And um, it's just, it's just, the whole thing is just kind of a joke, by the way. It's no way... Beto O'Rourke is going to beat Abbott. The polling shows he's you know, getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> right. And, oh, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they made him answer whether or not he really wants to take everybody's guns away. Like he said in what, 2019 in the in the campaign? Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Oh yeah, Hell During yeah. the Democrats'
5: presidential debates, exactly right. I
1: mean, it's just so funny how he's backing off that now. You go watch, I mean, he really was walking, he was doing the moonwalk away from that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, isn't oh, oh, uh, well. it funny to watch that kind of thing happen in Texas, especially? I mean,
5: oh, you know, like you
1: said earlier, he figured out he's running in Texas.
5: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, keep in mind, who, who we're actually talking about is is Robert Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And I always get a kick out of that. You know, he
1: appropriated a Hispanic nickname yeah, well, so he'd it, get more votes.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Not realizing that it's just one vowel away from beta, which is exactly <laughs> who this guy is. And he didn't quite figure that out. When he decided to select that particular nickname for political purposes, he hadn't quite thought that far ahead.
0: You know, what's funny with the Democrats right now, like all of their quote unquote stars are just the oldest, most decrepit people imaginable. Listen, the Republicans don't have the House. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the White House right now. But you can look and see some promising stars of the future you've got desantis coming up the ranks you've got christy gnome you've got you know tim scott you know there there's fresh
5: blood out there oh man you got candace owens you got yeah absolutely there's so many people out there i couldn't agree more who are young vibrant smart well spoken, absolutely. The bench is strong,
0: and the Democrats keep trying to give us Beto and Stacey <laughs> Abrams,
5: and all they nope. do is lose election after election. Yeah, no, he's exactly right, and it, it, it is exciting, and and I think this is uh, this next this midterm coming right up, man. November, how, how about this is going to mean a lot.
1: How about DeSantis getting out there in front of everybody and saying, "Hey, look, this is a Second Amendment state, so just know that if you want to try any." Uh, looting type of business, right? And I mean, he's warning those looters after the hurricane. We're a Second Amendment state.
5: Let me tell you, this stuff's real. I, I, you know, I'm a motorcycle rider. You guys know that. I'm a Harley rider. Have been for you know my whole life. And I, and I went to one meeting of this club, and they they actually brought in a professional motorcycle thief. Who just been released from prison? That's what this guy did. He stole motorcycles, and and they brought him in, and he was telling us basically what we could do to keep our motorcycle from being stolen. It was kind of it was kind of a neat topic, and yeah, it was innovative. Right. I liked it. And somebody said, "Well, what about in my garage?" He goes, "You know," he said, "You know, how how should I should I chain my bike up in my garage? How how should I secure my bike in my garage?" And the guy looks right at the dude and goes you dummy, man, this is Indiana. We don't go in people's garages. You get shot. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Okay. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. He goes, we don't go in people's garages. This is Indiana. You get shot. Oh, and Ron DeSantis saying we're a second amendment. state. So we're a pro two way state. You don't want to, you don't want to be pulling this stuff with the stuff we saw in uh, New Orleans after Katrina. Right. Looting. Uh, it's not a, something you want to, you want to see in here in Florida. Not something you want to engage in because we'll shoot your ass. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I think most people who support law and order are, but then you've got people
0: like Joy Reid who go on <laughs> MSNBC right. and claim that somehow that's a racist statement.
5: It's only racist if Joy Reid thinks that that only minorities... Are engaged in looting.
0: I could I tell mean, Joy Reid what time it is right now, and she would call me a racist. No, it, so well, everything that, is racist exactly to Joy right. Reid. But
5: really, she's literally saying to you, "Well, um, o- only people of certain, you know, demographic origins uh, engage in looting, so it must be it must yep. be racist." I, her statement is more racist than anything Ron DeSantis ever said.
0: I want to get your thoughts on these idiots in San Antonio. Oh yeah, this was a story that happened last week. Uh, so a bunch of teenagers got together in an apartment complex and san antonio and they were filming a rap video but they decided to use real guns so they're waving their guns it's mainly handguns but there was one ar yeah and the people in the apartment complex are like what in the hell is going on here because this was a crowd of about 11 or 13 of them so the authorities arrive and then a lot of people run but six of them i think were charged with some sort of violation because they were waving these
5: guns out in an apartment complex. Well, you got a number of issues. Are are they legally permitted to have a gun, right? I mean, based on age, um based on their criminal histories and then what are you doing with that gun you're waving it around you're pointing it at people who are you know walking past uh you're pointing it at each other i've seen that where people are smart you know they're they're you know they're 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 trying to be cute and entertaining on a tiktok or whatever with right. a gun and what are they doing they're waving it out pointing it at themselves dude you at other see that on around.
0: social media a lot
5: all the time and how so, many
0: times have we had a story about some scumbag that shot somebody and on their social media there's a picture of them with a weapon
5: being an idiot exactly right so these people waving Guns around at each other, at passersby, you know, at people in the apartment complex. You know, those are serious crimes. We're talking about criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon. In Indiana, we have pointing a firearm. Um, In Texas and other places, they have crimes called brandishing, which we don't exactly have in Indiana, but we have a very close corollary. So, no, this is just an incredibly knuckleheaded thing. People said, we're going to look really cool when we record this rap video with all these guns and didn't quite take the next step and think, hmm, might we be breaking some laws in the process?
0: And that's so frustrating to law-abiding gun owners, people that do things the right way. Right? If you ask a police officer what they hate more than anything is a dirty cop, they hate a dirty cop almost more than a criminal law abiding gun owners we take so much crap from people all the time that it's frustrating when you see somebody with the weapon doing it wrong you hate those
5: people more than you hate you know the people telling you you shouldn't have it to begin with that's such an important point jason and it's something i you know i take some heat on like on my show on saturdays you know i i am i am death on knucklehead gun owners man i people do knuckleheaded things with mm-hmm. guns I come down on them. I come down on them hard. I, I will I will refer them to the page in my book, Gun Safety for Dummies, that they really <laughs> ought to read because they did something knuckleheaded with a gun. And occasionally somebody will call and go, man, I thought you were supposed to support gun owners, and why are you so critical? And, and I'll say I'll tell you exactly one reason, and that is because every time somebody does something knuckleheaded with a gun, what does that do? It gives those people that would take our Second Amendment rights away from us, it gives them ammunition, no pun intended, to say, aha, (laughs) those people can't be trusted with guns. We need another law. We need something else to put these people in their place and take their guns away from them. So every time somebody does something knuckleheaded with a gun, I'm going to be harsher. I'm going to be harder on those people than anybody else, because you're jeopardizing my rights when you're an idiot with a gun.
0: If anybody wants to continue this conversation or if they have questions,
1: where can they go?
5: Relford Law is the best place. RelfordLaw.com. Guy, thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. This movie called Smile was number one at the box office. It looks creepy AF, by the way. It's a horror thriller opened with $22 million this week. The rest of the top five I've never heard of. Don't worry, darling. Some uh, new romantic comedy called Bros which is a gay rom-com. Right. Um, I've, I've, I, I saw the trailer. It doesn't look that funny. I, I wouldn't go see a, a straight rom-com. I'm just not interested in those kinds of movies. That's not the, your genre. The, You're not a romantic comedy uh, guy. No, not at all. I'm science fiction in Top Gun type of things. And But the, the producer, uh, one of the producers or the director, or somebody, Billy Eichner, is blaming straight people for the uh, brutal box office opening of bros so they
0: thought this was going to be some sort of blockbuster right
1: yes but because it was dismal the trailer doesn't look funny at all nobody went to see it he said if you were not some sort of sick homophobe you should have gone to see movie." oh okay because it's a gay themed rom-com and you didn't go see it you're a bigot okay welcome to hollywood or your movie sucks (laughs) that that could be it
0: too top stories next (laughs)
2: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos on 93 WIBC. So let's rock it.
0: Oh baby, do we have a lot of stuff coming up for you? But before we get there, I don't want to waste your time. I want to give you what you want. We give the people what they want. Nigel, are you ready? I'm ready. Mondo, are you ready? ready. Let's check in with Wheeling Dealing, Hair Sniffing, Kiss
7: Stealing Joe Biden. Woo! I got hairy legs. <laughs> Get ready, pal. You're going <laughs> right in for a problem. <laughs> Visit vaccines.com.gov. Vaccines.com. .gov,
0: vaccines.com. Vaccines. <laughs> Gum. Brought to you by Bubbalicious. Um, so over the weekend, Joe Biden was speaking at an event. And again, Grandpa said the quiet part out loud. Really? So he's talking about his big inflation reduction act. And he basically just blurts out, it was really designed for green initiatives
4: of course
7: inflation reduction act takes the most aggressive action to confront our climate crisis ever in all of human history ever
4: and
0: there's like an awkward pause in the crowd and again it's a friendly crowd and everybody's looking at him like Dude, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, oh, it's going to reduce the national
1: debt. Uh, uh, uh." Yeah, but the thing is they've been referring to it now as the new climate bill instead of the Inflation Reduction Act because it didn't reduce inflation. No. Uh, so so everybody's been referring to it as the Green New Deal or the climate change bill or whatever you want to call it. Meanwhile, inflation's up. Gas prices are back up across the country. Where's old Joe Biden now that gas prices are uh, on the rise again, huh? Boy, he was all over that a few weeks ago <laughs> when they were down. Now, nary a word from our... Uh, our our president when the prices go up well the president has no control over the gas prices
0: when they go down you're welcome america okay uh here is joe biden getting his boxers in a bunch over the perception that the democrats spend too much money i'm so sick of republicans saying we're the big spenders give me a break
7: give me a break and by the way this bill is going to reduce the deficit by another 300 billion over 10 years well Mm. first
0: of all it's not going to work and second of all if you want to get rid of the perception that you're spending so much money there's an easy fix
1: stop spending so (laughs) much damn money they might be have a point with the republican angle of this too a lot of people a lot of republicans voted for that trillion dollar stimulus. Right. Of course.
0: What does Rob call Todd Young the Duke of the, Spendingburg? The spender of Dukeburg. I believe that <laughs> actually. I don't oh, believe. No, you're, you're right. You're right. That's it's, it. It's not spender <laughs> of Dukeburg. My favorite part, though, of Joe Biden's speech this week, and it wasn't the fact that he said the quiet part out loud. It wasn't the fact that he admits, yeah, they're spending a lot of money. It's when he walked up to the podium and they're playing the official presidential song, Hail to the Chief. It Almost sounded like he was startled and he was mad because it was playing.
4: Whoa! (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, hey!
1: Hey! Gonna turn my hearing aids down. That was loud. And it wasn't like he had a
0: smile on his face and he's like, hey! No, he was legitimately scared and ticked off. Could you play it one more time, Kyle? (laughs) (laughs) That's your guy. Uh, Meanwhile, the vice president, Kamala Harris, she says that rebuilding the infrastructure in Florida after that disastrous hurricane that made its way through should be decided by
6: your skin
0: color. It
6: is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and, and so women. we absolutely and so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place, and if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities. Does that
1: make anybody feel better if you're down? in florida right now hearing the vice president talking about well look uh, the communities of color you're gonna get first shot at all the relief who makes who is relieved by that who is who is like so like sanibel island i don't know what the demographic makeup of that island is but those people that live on that island were completely decimated and destroyed uh, no running water the bridge to get off the land was taken out and so uh, so they uh, yeah, hey look they had it coming all those rich people. On Sanibel Island, look, you're going to have to get in line, all right? There's more people with more important um, priorities than you. Rich people, white people, back in the line. (laughs)
0: Everybody else, come on up and grab a generator. This is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, in Florida, Ron DeSantis, he was doing an interview, and a CNN reporter, I think, was trying to get in a zinger on Governor DeSantis talking to him about why they waited so long for Lee County to have an evacuation notice. It did not go well. For CNN
8: reporter,
6: do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm.
8: Well, did you? Where was your industry station uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's you know they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But you know, 72 hours they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours they were on the periphery. Uh, so you got to make the decisions the best you can. I will say, uh, you know, they delivered the message to people. They had shelter open uh, you know everybody had adequate opportunity to at least get to a shelter within the county um, but you know a lot of the residents did not um, did not want to do that I think for probably for various reasons some people just don't want to leave their home period their island people whatever but I think part of it was so much attention was paid to Tampa that I think a lot of them probably thought that they wouldn't get the worst of it so you know they um, but they did and, and I think it's um, it's easy to second-guess them but they were ready for the whole time and um, and, and made that call when when there was justifiable to do so
1: uh, basically I'll give you the training translation of that cnn reporter uh mr DeSantis, why weren't you able to predict the track of the hurricane right what like every first of all everybody had plenty of time to get out of there okay it's not like it just it's turned on a dime everybody th- that was in the wake of that hurricane that knew that they saw that it was oh boy it's not going the way we thought it was we better get the hell out of dodge right all right it's not de fault that he can't predict the the track of the hurricane. It was predicted
0: to go to Tampa, but then last minute it turned, it went a little south and they still had 24 hours to evacuate. The toll roads were opened up so nobody had to pay anything. There were shelters set up all through the inland. This was a CNN reporter out to try to do a hit piece on DeSantis. But here's the thing I love about Ron DeSantis. He comes at you with facts. He doesn't just go after you like a name calling competition or something like that. He'll come at you with facts and he'll try to humiliate you for being a smart ass. I can get with that. I'm fine with that. Um so Ron DeSantis also had a message for looters.
8: The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is you know we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, in 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 monitoring that. You know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well uh, because you, know, you can have people you know bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. And
1: guess how much looting we've seen down in those affected areas from the hurricane i haven't seen anything Have you there's been a little bit Uh, there's been a little bit i haven't seen anything that's Uh, why he was asked about it and i uh, haven't seen any any footage of that and i think people know for the most part that yeah you're going to be in some trouble there's a real risk of you being shot to death If you're ransacking somebody's home or private property, right or wrong, too bad.
0: Now imagine being Joy Reid of MSNBC and taking the side of the looters in this case. She was pro-looter. She retweeted. (laughs) Pro-looting? Pro-looter. She retweeted that sound clip of Ron DeSantis and said, quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Segregationist Miami sheriff in 1967 didn't take long for DeSantis to return to form. So what do you want the governor to do here? Tell the looters, hey, take what you want. Be our guest. It's like Christmas early. Go through these stores. Steal what you want. We have to make Joy Reid happy. <laughs> Imagine being pro-looter in the situation here.
1: And, of course, the the implication is um, that minority communities are the ones that are doing the looting. That's exactly what she's implying there, which is racist. That's, that's just you shake your head at these people, and they keep on stepping in it time and time again. No, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you're robbing my house, you have the chance to get shot, especially in a place where there's not a lot of law enforcement, not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the rescued effort isn't in full swing in some places. And there's definitely a chance that uh, you could be injured, possibly dead, if you are looting.
0: It's crazy how many people want Ron DeSantis to fail here. They want the governor of Florida to screw this up and have people's lives ruined just so they can point their finger and go, gotcha. See, But then you have viral videos like the one we're about to play for you, where you've got a couple guys that mention on camera they're Democrats, uh, they're black guys, but they see the gas station tankers going up to the gas stations and they thank Ron
5: DeSantis. That's about DeSantis, but that gas here is here in Arcadia. In, in Arcadia. Now, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but it's here in Arcadia, so y'all know who we vote for. <laughs> I don't know, y'all <laughs> don't know about the rest of you, motherfuckers. Well, I'm vote for dissenters. And I'm a Democrat. So y'all yeah, calling with what the f- with. We got children out okay, here. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm
1: sorry. That was the reporter trying to scold the guy, by the way. We got children out here. Uh yeah. If he that's, were that's,
0: ripping DeSantis, that reporter wouldn't oh, have said a uh, word. Yeah, of course, not a word. I love it
1: though. That guy, that guy's gone viral. He was all over <laughs> social media, and yeah, it's nighttime. You see the big gas tanker outside the gas station. She's like, "Yeah, we're in Arcadia. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but they've got gas. I'm voting for DeSantis, and I'm a Democrat."
2: Emma and Nigel presents.
6: It depends upon
2: what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? An an A
1: night. Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You
0: break them down. You tell us if these stories are really anything or not. Okay. There are two sayings. There's one that says the show must go on. And then there's another one that says... When you got to go, you got to go. Well, these two phrases kind of had a crossroads meeting the other night at a concert in Atlanta with Lil Nas X. He had to poop real bad. (laughs) He was on stage. Oh, no. So he had to make an announcement from a microphone backstage about what exactly he was doing.
1: Wait a minute, are you telling me in the middle of a performance, he's got to exit stage right and go you know, take a dump in, yes. the, in the middle of the show? And he's got a microphone with him and he updates the audience as he's doing his business? Yes, sir. That is something. That's actually impressive. Not since Frank
0: Drebin had the microphone on when he went to take a pee in the naked gun. Has there been such a great behind-the-scenes bathroom moment here?
1: Now I'm looking at uh, a tweet, a a follow-up tweet from Lil Nas X. Uh, So, Like, if you think this was part of the act or he was just joking around, he tweeted, quote... L-M-A-O, people really thought I was joking. I was literally back there dropping demons into that toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I just became a little Nas X fan.
0: That's the guy that does Old Town Road. Took my horse to the oh, Old yeah, Town my Road. Oh, love that, that
4: song. Mondo? Did you guys see <laughs> Seattle Seahawks wide receiver D.K. Metcalf yesterday? Oh, he had a number two moment. Well, he, he said that he didn't want the whole nation to see him do the poop waddle. So he had the cart take him off the field, yep. so he could go to the bathroom. <laughs> he didn't want to make that Lamar Jackson
0: poop waddle, yeah. that Bobby Hurley poop waddle. I remember. I was
1: just thinking about Bobby Hurley from Duke. Now, uh, my it's my ultimate nightmare. Uh, night with WIBC coming up in a couple of weeks. Tickets on sale now. Right. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, master, um My I'm not eating that entire day. I'm I'm not, I'm going to take like five Imodium ADs, just that I'm not going to drink anything because I don't want to have to pee during the performance during our set. Uh, That would be a nightmare to me. That would be—I mean, I guess we could probably turn it into something. Right. (laughs) It would work for our show. It's kind of (laughs) on brand. I just thought about that. Maybe— People wouldn't know, oh, Nigel pooped on stage. Was (laughs) he—was that a bit? Is this
0: anything? I don't know.
1: (laughs) That's my my nightmare, though, for sure.
0: If I'm DJing your event, because I own a DJ company, if I'm ever your DJ and you hear the seven-minute mix of We Are (laughs) Family— I went to take a dump. Because <laughs> that's my go-to if I have to go to the bathroom. It's like a seven-minute extended
1: you, mix. do not you – doesn't your equipment – so if you would play that and say you weren't done yet, because that seven minutes sometimes is not nearly enough time for me. <laughs> does, does your equipment – could it segue into another song on its own? It could, but I don't like doing that. I, I like to make it tight.
0: I like okay, to make it I sound good. And sometimes I'll have one of my kids with me, and they can mix into something there else. But, uh, yeah, if that song comes on, chances are I'm nowhere to be found the table. <laughs> Is this anything? This TikToker's mom has a very unique laugh. Okay. Some people compared it to a kazoo, while others said it sounds like she swallowed a Furby. Hey, mom.
7: The people want you to laugh again, so I
0: got to make it happen.
3: Oh man. Really?
0: <laughs> wasn't nothing wrong with last time. <laughs> Look, here's what I I just want to hear you get a little bit of a laugh out because the people want to hear your joy. That your laugh sounds so delicate. <laughs> No, there it was. Hold on. What was that? Delicate laugh one more time? Uh,
6: (laughs) What? (laughs) That's a laugh?
3: (laughs) Why are you stopping that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's something for sure. I don't know what Furby is. Furby was that little It looked like an owl, right? Right, little owl and it had fur on it. It was a little toy. This is one of my favorite montages. Here are 8 people. They got 8 people with unique laughs all in the same room and they recorded them all cracking up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a snort. <laughs> <laughs> Skolnick in there? Uh, I was going to say, Louis Skolnick from Revenge of the Nerds.
0: <laughs> now, that was just regular people. That those wasn't were. like any celebrities or yeah,
1: whatever. no. There were eight people in a room with unique laughs, and they recorded it. That's hilarious. So I will see those eight people, okay? and I will raise them the laugh track
0: from hell that features Kamala Harris, oh, no. Hillary Clinton, no. Sammy Terry, and Vincent Price. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm terrified. laughs> Kill it with fire. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC.
1: So Donald Trump did a series of interviews with the New York Times writer. And I don't know why. He- continues to do this hammer i think we talked about this last week maybe the week before where he does these interviews with these publications that are obviously slanted and agenda driven and incredibly biased bob woodward's book uh woodward and bernstein fame it rage interviewed um just stephanopoulos axios on hbo uh leslie Stahl, 60 minutes he continues to do these interviews uh with with publications of these agenda driven far left-wing progressive sites that aren't fair at all and here's another example so maggie
0: haberman is a writer for the new york times yeah. She's not a Trump fan, but for whatever reason, Donald Trump gave her multiple interviews for this book that she's got out about Donald Trump right now. Spoiler, it's not a complimentary book about Donald Trump. But there are some insights in this thing if you believe anything Maggie Haberman has to say. So let's get into this a little bit. Uh, She was on The View earlier today, and we know you didn't watch that. So (laughs) we watched it so you don't have to. This is Maggie Haberman talking about President Trump and what he thinks – about Ron DeSantis. Privately he
6: has been attacking Ron DeSantis in the manner you just described. His weight, how he sounds, you know that he's a phony, that's a a big one of Donald Trump's about a number of people. He is really focused on Ron DeSantis in a way that he isn't on almost anybody else because he knows not just that Ron DeSantis is seen by people like us or others, you know, who look at the political field as the person who can take on Trumpism without the erratic behavior but donors really like Ron DeSantis and he has raised a lot of money at a time when Donald Trump's fundraising has slowed down and that is very concerning
1: you know I think to that point like when Jared Kushner went on Fox and I think it was Fox and Friends and talked about DeSantis and how uh, he didn't like it that he was using migrants as political pawns sending them up to Martha's Vineyard I I believe that was a conduit from like to Trump I believe that was a shot across the DeSantis bow from the Trump camp right from Kushner
0: so, um, so a lot of people wanted these guys to be friends, yeah. right? But man, it just doesn't look like that's going to be the case.
1: They'd be, they'd kill them, man. They'd kill it. Like, uh, like, who are we talking to? I think we were talking to Bill O'Reilly last week, and we asked him if, you know, who's it going to be for the Republicans. And he's like, well, if uh, if if Desantis moves out of Florida, and Donald Trump is able to pick him as his running mate, because you can't be from the same state and be on the same ticket. Uh, they'd, they'd wipe the floor with everybody. I just don't see that
0: happen. Nobody wants to be the Robin to the Batman in that situation, right? Well, Ron Trump's, DeSantis yeah. is not going to be a number two for anybody, and Donald Trump is not going to be a number two for anybody. It's two alpha males. There's no room for a Robin. Now, the question on who is willing to run with Donald Trump was asked of Maggie Haberman on The View today.
6: People whose names have been mentioned, the one that actually gets mentioned the most by people close to him is Tim Scott from South Carolina, the senator, and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is possibly the next governor of Arkansas. Oh, (laughs) I didn't mean to cause that. It just just came up out of my system. It's like crazy.
0: (laughs) And all the little chicken heads on The View are rolling their eyes and cackling at the idea of Sarah Huckabee Sanders on the ticket with Donald Trump. She's going to win that governor's race in Arkansas. It's not going to be close. She's going to boat race that thing. But is she somebody that would move the needle for Donald Trump?
1: I'm not sure if she is or not. Tim Scott would be uh, the senator. Tim Scott, I think, would move the needle. I don't know. I mean, people, I I think she was really good at her job. She was. Um, And she had a rowdy room. Yes. Yeah. She was dealing with Acosta and all those grandstanding boobs. That
0: loser from Playboy, Brian Karam, yelling and just shouting and grandstanding and being a boob the entire time. Like... Corrine Jean-Pierre never has to deal with that crap. Jen Psaki never had to deal with that crap. I mean, unless you're
1: Peter Doocy, but that was just one person.
0: Right, but he would never stand up and try to do his own show.
1: That's Okay, exactly right.
0: Um, And lastly, this was not on The View today, but this is something that's in her book, Maggie Haberman's book on Donald Trump. Tell me if you believe this story or not. She claims that when Donald Trump was coming out of Walter Reed Hospital, remember when he got COVID, and it was pretty bad there for a couple days, and when he was coming out of the hospital, he ordered his staff to have a big Superman shirt, and he wanted to come out of the hospital, like on the wheelchair, stand up, rip open his dress shirt, and have a Superman S on his (laughs) chest. Uh Okay, do we believe that or not? Well, I'm going to read you the excerpt here, All okay? Right. Quote, he would be <laughs> wheeled out of Walter Reed in a chair and once outdoors, he would dramatically stand up, then open his button-down dress shirt to reveal the Superman logo beneath it. He was so serious about this that he called the campaign headquarters to instruct an aide, Max Miller, to get the Superman shirts. <laughs> Matt Miller was then sent to a Virginia big box
1: store. <laughs> I don't... I don't know if I believe a, a word of anything that comes from, from the New York Times or Maggie Haberman. There's just they've they destroyed all their credibility uh, in their coverage of Trump over the past few years and Republicans in general and. Especially uh, colluding with big tech, squashing the Hunter Biden laptop from hell store, just all that stuff. But I gotta, I gotta tell you, that to me is not completely out of the realm of possibility <laughs> for me for Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, I kind of wish you would have did it. Yeah, I would have been here for it. That'd have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Get me a Superman jersey. I'm gonna stand up from the chair, rip the shirt open.
1: <laughs> kind of like, uh, what, does Cam Newton still do that? Uh, like he used to do that. Well, he used to fake do it like he was, uh, uh, in the NFL, but this would have been real, right? He would have actually ripped open
0: the shirt with the S on his chest (laughs) and walked out of Walter Reed.
1: (laughs) Glad to see the president taking the COVID so seriously. (laughs) I want that to be true. So bad
0: though. Oh man. Uh, we mentioned this earlier (laughs) this past weekend, there was the big, uh, gubernatorial debate in Texas. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott Mm -hmm. against Robert Francis O'Rourke. Beto. Beto says he, of course, doesn't support defunding the police. Do
2: you support measures to defund police? You have 60 seconds. Of course I don't.
0: And and no one does. Nobody does. How dare you say such a phrase? Nobody does. Except for you back in 2020. I I really love that uh, Black Lives
2: Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center to defund, and then also in, in some necessary cases, completely dismantling those police forces <laughs> and rebuilding them. And I think the, the city council in Minneapolis made the right decision. Oh. You, you don't have one bad apple. You don't have four bad apples. You, you have a, a okay. system-wide problem in that police department And only by completely dismantling that system and rebuilding it intentionally (laughs) with community members at the table, do you have any hope of of getting it right?
1: But the fact that he, I think he was talking about one specific police department there, but the fact that uh, there were so many Democrats, especially the squad, uh, for him to say in that debate over the weekend that nobody supports defunding the police hammer is ridiculous. Right.
0: Now, I'm glad you bring up the squad because we've put together a little montage here of some of your favorite squad members oh. discussing defunding the police.
7: <laughs> I am for defunding the police. Yes, I support the defund movement. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the street. Many affluent suburbs suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools. Not only do we need to just invest for in
6: police... But we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis
5: Police Department is rotten <laughs> to the root. Defund
1: the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. <laughs> police are terrorizing black and brown communities. The evidence is spread across oh, the country.
0: Wow. And Beto was out there on the front lines sure calling was. for a defunding of the police. Ted Nugent, your thoughts? Hey, Beto, eat me. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC.
1: Coming up after 5 o'clock, some just very weird, bizarre Orwellian language coming from the United Nations. I know that's a shocker, but uh, this involves the uh, climate change agenda and the science behind it. We'll get to that after 5 o'clock. Bruce Springsteen's going to release a cover album in November. This does nothing for me. I'm sure it maybe does a little something for Bruce Springsteen super fan Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey show. But anytime an artist releases a quote unquote cover album, it just t- kind of tells me they're like, yeah, I really don't feel like putting the work into writing my own material. <laughs> right. I'll just cover somebody else's material and throw it out there and hope it gets a few dollars. So what's he doing here? Like, sir, mix
0: a lot hits. He's going to do call, call Me Maybe. Is that going to be on this album? Uh,
1: like the Commodores <laughs> and the Walker oh, Brothers. Okay. The sun ain't going to shine anymore type of things. covering the Supremes and things like that. So he is kicking off. Maybe this is ahead of his tour. He's kicking off, I think, next February. Closest it's getting to Indy, I think, is Columbus, Ohio in March. And, uh, eh. Okay, I've never been the world's greatest uh, Bruce Springsteen fan. Dude's 73 years old, man. He still, I mean, he still sounds good. He
0: still sounds yeah. good. He gets out there and he puts on a great show. Like, if you buy a ticket, a really, really, really expensive ticket to go see him, uh, He'll put on a good show, but uh, I don't know. The covers thing just sounds a little lame. There's a difference between ending your concert with a fun cover song sure. and doing a whole album of cover songs. And don't forget, Hammer and Nigel Records, we did a cover song of Bruce Springsteen after he got busted with that little DUI incident on the bike.
2: We learned today that Bruce Springsteen is now facing a drunk driving charge in New Jersey. The National Park Service confirming he was arrested in Sandy Hook in November. He was cited for alleged DWI reckless driving. Authorities say he was cooperative during his arrest. TMZ now reporting he has a court date in a few weeks. Well, I debuted my new commercial <laughs> on the big game Sunday night. <laughs> I didn't think it was controversial want us all to unite. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, late Tuesday night, I got a call from my agent. He said, we got a problem,
0: boss. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: yeah, a bunch of reporters found out you got arrested for driving while on the side Do you
1: Uh, I forgot record. that was uh right after his Super Bowl commercial with I think it was Jeep.
0: Right. Was that it? <laughs> it was some vehicle uh, company. I, I was, can't remember. I thought it
1: was Jeep, and it was a Super Bowl commercial, and it was very uh healing and uniting and and then, uh, it, you know, the day after, we found out that he uh, did a cup, like a, what, a shot or two of tequila with some people in a park. Right, on his, riding his motorcycle or something. Right. like Right, he ultimately got out of it too. Of course, of course, course you know, if you're
0: rich and you're famous and you've seen glory days, you get a pass <laughs> compared to the folks you see driving up and down your neighborhood street on a scooter at about seven, eight at night. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we've got the top stories of the day. Kamala Harris, kind of racist, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Kind of racist, The statement about the hurricane. And a very special anniversary we're going to celebrate. That's next.
2: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it!
1: Hammer, it's so funny how many things the White House has had to walk back after the idiots out in front say something stupid, whether it be Joe Biden or Kamala Harris.
0: I think it sucks we have to tell you which idiot we're talking about. <laughs>
1: I mean, the list is long with Joe Biden, including, you know, it wants to replace Putin uh, as, uh, you know, he wants a regime change in Russia. What did they just walk back last week? I can't even remember. There's so many. Anybody so many, that
0: voted for Donald Trump, you're an extreme mega, MAGA terrorist. Oh,
1: no, that's not what I, not, not all everybody, just the extremists. And now <laughs> I'm just reading the White House is walking back Kamala Harris's comments that she made. She said that over the weekend, the rebuilding of the infrastructure in Florida after the hurricane is going to be decided by giving resources based on equity and directing funds to communities of color.
6: It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by Issues that are not of their own making. And, and so we Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities.
1: So if you have... A- uh, white skin back of the line right All right back to the line guys
0: no generator for you if you're a whitey according to Kamala Harris
1: and even um DeSantis's re-election campaign representative Christina Pushaw, uh did I pr- pronounce it right Pushaw, I think it's Pushaw. uh she immediately after Kamala Harris said that she said quote this is false VP's rhetoric is causing undue panic. Must be clarified. FEMA assistance is available to all Floridians impacted by Hurricane Ian. And now the White House has come out and said, "Well, no, 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 no. That's not what she was saying. Uh, uh, she, was, she was, she was, she was, she was talking about long-term investment. She wasn't talking about oh okay. the FEMA aid for Hurricane. Uh, th- that's not what she was. <laughs> Just oh, it's so funny how Corrine Jean Pierre is left to clean up." The messes made by the two idiots in charge.
0: And she's an idiot, too. She's not very good at her job. Like, you heard her response last week when Joe Biden was looking around for the dead woman to call on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> former Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Walarski, and she got real snotty and real snarky with everybody in the room, which is just the wrong approach to go through once one of your superiors makes an ass of themselves. But anyway, uh, now we've got the FEMA admin staff walking everything back. Yep. This is uh, Deanne Criswell. She went on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan.
3: We are going to provide assistance to all Floridians because we know that there are people that are just completely devastated from the storm. We are going to be there to support everybody that needs help. The vice president's comments were about if you have a different skin color, you're going to get relief. <laughs> How do you I get, respond to that? Yeah. Yeah, again, Margaret, our programs support everybody. Um, I would say I believe some of the things the vice president was talking about are the long-term recovery and and, um, rebuilding these communities to be able to withstand uh, disasters um, so they can have less impact. We're going to support all communities. I committed that to the governor. I commit to you right here that all Floridians are going to be able to get the help that is available to them.
0: You know who Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are right now? (laughs) They're the Indianapolis Colts, (laughs) self-inflicted errors. You know, Matt Ryan fumbles a million times. Kamala Harris says your skin color is how you're going to be able to get help from a hurricane. It's really the same type of situation, isn't it? It's just embarrassing. (laughs) And it
1: really is. It's a great, that's a great comparison, but it's just embarrassing again, like, you know, uh, Biden and his rhetoric about Taiwan and. And, um, you know, how they're willing to do anything to you know, back Taiwan in terms of China, but when re- in reality, we haven't made our policy known about that. You remember, remember when Biden was speaking to American troops? And he goes, yeah, it's it's pretty bad in Ukraine. you're You're gonna find out. <laughs> when you're, you get there, yeah. you're gonna see. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: immediately you know, immediately Ron Ron Klein's head spinning around and they walk that I and mean, it's just walk back after walk back after walk back. It's ridiculous. Uh Kyle, can I get a little mood music, please? Yeah. Boingo Boingo. Love this movie.
0: One of my favorite movies of the eighties. Absolutely. So you remember back when Dr. Fauci was still a thing and (laughs) he basically said that uh, if you disagree with science, uh, well, you're disagreeing with me. I am the science, basically. A lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Oh, (laughs) okay.
1: I still say he got that from an episode of Trailer Park Boys. (laughs) He got that idea where Leahy looks at Randy and goes... I am the liquor. <laughs> 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 so now that Dr. Fauci is
0: about to hang him up, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know he's about to retire, the question becomes: Who gets dibs on being the science?
1: <laughs> who owns the science now?
0: Well, now it sounds
6: like the uh, secretary for the UN has called dibs. We're shocked to see that when we'd Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science, and we think oh. that the world, you know, should know it. You own the science.
1: The UN owns the science yeah. now. And she went on to say stuff about how Google's pushing those stories down. Like So basically, you have the UN and Google are colluding to squash anything that pushes back on the climate cultist agenda. You heard her say it just then. And they can do this now because they, quote, own the science. They own the science. Zero debate. Zero dissent. They own the science. They know infinitely better than you. And the science on climate change, according to them, is settled. And they can say it's settled because they...
0: Own Own the the science. science. I miss that passing of the torch from Fauci to the (laughs) U.N. Like, remember when Jordan retired and it was kind of understood that now it's Kobe Bryant's league? There was that passing of the torch, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, when Bird and Magic retired, it went to Jordan. When Jordan left, it went to Kobe. When Fauci retired, it went to the (laughs) U.N. That's who owns the science now. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, Nige, was a very special day. Yeah. It was my 45th birthday yesterday. But it was... More importantly, a great anniversary in this country. Yesterday was the one year anniversary of one of the great moments in live sports history. NASCAR Xfinity race car driver Brandon Brown oh. won a race in Talladega. <laughs> and then we got this.
7: Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, and you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. That
0: was one year ago yesterday, Nige.
1: I am still, I don't even know who that reporter or or whoever that. Kelly Stavist. Okay. So, but have you ever heard, like, I'm just trying to figure out in my head a year later if she was that smart to cover on the fly. If she's, does, does she have some sort of agenda or was she, did she honestly not know they were saying F Joe Biden and thought they were actually saying Let's go, Brandon. I'm just, I, I'm all over the place on it.
0: I, what I, of I, three different outcomes here, right? Did she really
1: feel like they were
0: saying "Let's go, Brandon"? Because you could tell that's not what they were of saying. Of course. Or but, you're right. Did she have some sort of lib agenda, or was she really just really good on the fly and said, "Hey, I don't want that broadcast on TV, yeah. so I'm going to make a little reference here,
1: a little joke." I have no idea. Turn into a. Uh, a- pop
0: culture phenomena nationwide. And if you notice, if you follow racing, you haven't seen her a whole lot this year. Like she has not been seen a lot on NBC's coverage, but that started a change. Everybody went from chanting FJB, which I think we know what that stands for, to Let's Go Brandon. We had our show in Shelbyville, Nigel, if you remember, at Putters. And this was just a couple days after this incident. And this is how (laughs) people in Shelbyville reacted when we opened up an hour.
1: Road show and Sheldon alive from reporters. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. Guy Relfer is joining. Do you hear a chant?
0: Something about a NASCAR driver. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <forgot about> <laughs> and man, I tell you what, Joe Biden being you know as dumb as he is. He had no idea that that was like a joke or they're even making fun of him. Somebody called in because every year at Christmas time, the president and the first lady, they chat with NORAD and they talk about, you know, Santa's sleigh and the reindeer, if everybody's going to be good. But then they take calls from people around the country. (laughs) This is what happened when somebody called and got through to speak with uh, Dr. Jill and Joe.
4: Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon.
0: Let's go, Brandon. I yeah. agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. I agree.
1: I agree. He probably had no idea what he was no talking No idea.
0: About. He just basically said, I agree with FJB. <laughs> That's your guy. 80-plus million votes right there. That's your guy. And we're
2: back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC.
1: My name is Nigel. Hammer's over there. Did you... So you're a Beach Grove guy, you had to... Were you, did they have homecoming? Your kids go to Beach Grove, right? Right. And so you kind of oversaw the floats, or what were you doing? Or your son did?
0: Yeah. So my son so is the senior him. class president, El Presidente Chris Hammer, and uh, all week long, he and some select uh, classmates they worked their butt off to build this awesome-looking homecoming float, and it was really good. And uh, unfortunately, there was no parade. They decided to cancel the parade, and they weren't allowed to take it around the football field because the referendum track, apparently we can't damage that.
1: So it's pretty much standard practice for for a hundred years. People have the floats? They parade them around the track, and uh, it's during homecoming. That's that's right. It happens at every school everywhere.
0: And because this is a new track, and everybody, you know, was so scared to death of it, so you weren't allowed to take the trailer and the float on the track. So this awesome float that they made just got propped up next to the stadium, which is fine. People were taking pictures on it. It looked really good. It was a great, great homecoming, and I'm really proud of uh, El Pres. Presidente for bringing this back because he could have easily just said, you know what, screw it, we're not doing it. He wanted to bring this tradition back, and so many people, they, uh, I don't want to say they made this difficult, but um, he rocked this thing out, man. He was a rock star, and I want to thank a couple people, too. Cutter's Landscaping, uh, C-U-T-T-E-R-Z. They provided the big, long trailer for us. Thank you to those guys. And uh, Mike Turner Photography, uh, they took some amazing photos. They also provided some help with getting the trailer up there. So Mike Turner Photography in Beach Grove, Cutter's Landscape, thank you. And to all of the folks that made Homecoming a success at Beach Grove this past weekend, rock on. I appreciate it. Do you
1: call the games on the PA? No, that's a dude that's
0: been there like since I was playing there. Okay. He's still on the mic. I'm the hype guy. So like when you go to a Pacers game, there's the PA guy, and then there's the people that you see hanging up up there by the drum lines and the hype guy. I'm kind of the hype guy, and I run all the music at the stadium.
1: Okay, All got you. Right on.
0: And that was another thing Chris wanted to do. He wanted to make the football games fun again, so he made me the hype guy. I play all the music. We try to get the crowd involved. He's got pictures of all the seniors that rotate Mm -hmm. up on the scoreboard. They did
1: that at like the Indy fuel games and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, he's really taken his presidency seriously, making high school fun again after what's been a kind of a crappy four-year run with covid and masks and all this other crap so again shout out thank you cutters thank you mike turner photography and uh chris hammer and everybody that came out for homecoming the lancer family god bless you all right mondo let's
1: do some legal stuff crime punishment judges legal stuff gavin newsom is um been signing a bunch of new bills into law. This one uh, will punish doctors who spread COVID misinformation. And uh, hmm. again, I'd like to know who gets to decide what is and what isn't COVID misinformation or disinformation.
0: Didn't they tell Alex Berenson he had a lot of misinformation once? That's
1: uh, Twitter kicked him off the platform for saying something that was actually proven to be true. Uh, months later and they had to put him back on he sued him and got back on yeah we've had him on the show several times uh how about another one you ready for this gavin newsom signing a bill into law decriminalizing jaywalking you are now allowed to jaywalk in california
0: does anybody ever really get arrested for jaywalking do you get ticketed you get it. Sure. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I got to be honest. Of all the dumb things that Gavin Newsom has done, and there is a lot, this is the one that doesn't bother me as much. Um, I just, yeah. If you want to let somebody jaywalk and go ahead, especially in California, it feels like you got bigger fish to fry there, with the crime they're having out they're there.
1: They're saying they're saying it's going to end racial profiling. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You're implying that a certain segment of the population breaks the law more than others. So only the implication. Only
0: minorities jaywalk, and because yeah. you know that's the case, apparently, <laughs> it's profiling if you call them out on it.
1: Quote, it should not be a criminal offense to safely cross the street when expensive tickets and unnecessary confrontations with police impact only certain communities. It's time to reconsider how we use our law enforcement resources, whether our jaywalking laws really do protect pedestrians. I thought that's the whole point of jaywalking is to keep pedestrians safe. Right. Hey idiot, don't cross out. There's no crosswalk here. Uh, there's four lanes of traffic. You're trying to you're you almost got yourself killed. You could get other people killed.
0: Well, the good news is if it happens in LA, you don't have to worry about anybody getting arrested because that DA isn't going to send anybody to oh, jail. Man. If you jaywalk, if you run somebody over intentionally, uh, just high five, get up and everybody move on with your your lives. Nobody gets arrested in Los Angeles. That's why they tried to recall him, but they found out some of these signatures weren't legit. Mm, Funny how that worked. Uh, Also, (laughs) Kevin Newsom signing a bill to limit the use of hip-hop lyrics in criminal trials. So basically, rap lyrics can no longer be used as a defense for somebody to say that they were motivated by a song to go out and commit some sort of crime. That's what Gavin Newsom is spending his time on right now.
1: See, I thought it was, okay, like I thought it was like if you get arrested for murder but you're like an amateur rapper or something like that and you rap about it in your in your lyrics, they can't use it that way. That may be a part
0: of this, but the big reason is you can't say that you were motivated to go commit a crime because of something Dr. Dre said. You can't get Dr. Dre in trouble, basically. He's protecting the rap community with this legislation. To which I have a couple questions, though. Um, Is he implying that black artists threaten violence in their music and that black people jaywalk more than others? Like, all of this coming together at the same time seems a little racist on Gavin Newsom's behalf. Number two, what will this legislation mean for our long-running fight for our right to party? Are we allowed to do that with lyrics? <laughs> do the Beastie Boys count as rap lyrics? And what about other lyrics? Are we allowed to have other lyrics and songs be used in courts? Can you imagine telling a judge, you know, I wanted to walk away from this situation, but then I decided to murder eight people and four horses because I heard this... <laughs> Is this what Gavin Newsom wants? Is this okay, Gavin? Celine Dion? <laughs> Why are we protecting the rap community and not Celine Dion? I don't get it. All right, we've got uh, Kevin Bowen.
2: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Uh, the Colts lose yesterday to the Titans at Lucas Oil 24-17. to 17. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Kevin Bowen from 107.5. The fan, I, I'm tired of twisting myself into a pretzel trying to figure out what that is that I watched yesterday, other than it was just a bad football game. So I'll I'll just let you explain to everybody what they witnessed yesterday. What did the Colts fans watch yesterday, that disaster?
7: Well, it's probably the same old song and dance. Um, you know, it's a bad football team playing in a worse division right now. <laughs> just to kind of summarize it up, it's a team that continually gets off to slow starts. It's a team that's offense right now is – not only in in really kind of scoring the football at any sort of respectable level, but it's also just giving away the football at an extremely alarming rate, It's putting the defense into some really bad situations. And, you know, when you're just another team in the AFC South, that's never a good thing. It's something this franchise is not used to at all, but that's the state of the Colts right now on October 3rd, 2022.
0: (sighs) So let's point some fingers here because this is what we do on Monday following <laughs> situations like that yesterday. Um, what's been worse? What's been more of a disaster, Kevin? This offensive line that makes more money than any other offensive line in football or the play of Matt Ryan? Boy, that's a
7: good and a sad question at the same time. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the offensive line just because you promised Matt Ryan that. You know, you knew what you were getting to Matt Ryan. He's a 36 year old quarterback that, you know, I use golf analogies frequently. He's walking up the final few holes of this NFL round that he's on. Uh, but what you said to him is we're going to support you. We're going to give you one of the best offensive lines in football, we're going to give you one of the best rushing attacks in football. And you have not given him that. By no means am I absolving Matt Ryan. Nothing I've seen out of him in the first four weeks of the season would want me to bring him back for 2023. His ball security, again, is at an extremely, extremely alarming rate right now. But, you know, some of this was whispered about. Not to this level, but some of this was whispered about. Like, there's a reason Atlanta has moved on from such a franchise great. And you haven't given him... The constants you haven't given him the stuff that this organization is supposed to be about. and If I'm Jim Irsay, that might be the most discouraging thing from a Chris Ballard standpoint. Ballard, as a general manager, his roster construction belief is we're going to be great on the offensive and defensive lines. We're going to be a great team in terms of running the football, and they have not even sniffed that this season.
1: Kevin Bowen, 107.5, the fan here, uh, talking a little Colts football. Um, go back to something you said, dig down a little deeper here with the, the uh, about slow starts. I mean, I feel like the slow start aspect of this team has been a constant theme for years now.
7: Yeah, Nigel. it's Like, um, l-
1: like playing from behind always and then having to dig your way back.
7: You know, it's kind of two things. They've played from behinds in seasons a whole lot under Frank Reich. You know, one and five, one and four, those types of starts. This year, they're trending in a similar direction. This year, it's been much more of a they get behind in games. Yes. Um, if you, and actually, you could probably point to last season. You know, that season finale in Jacksonville, a trip to go to the playoffs on the line, you're down 23-3 to three in that game. Week one in Houston this year, you're down 20-3 to three in that game. Week two, Jacksonville. 24 to 24 to nothing, Uh, and then yesterday, 24 to three. I mean, those are against the bad AFC South teams around you. Don't tell me that Tennessee team's any good yesterday. No, no, no. I mean, that was the worst rushing defense in the NFL. It's a team that signed three defensive players in the last month that started for them yesterday and totally shut down Jonathan Taylor. It's an offense that has no playmakers outside of Derrick Henry and yet they came in here and built a three-score lead. When you get down three scores in the NFL, that is – you cannot survive that. What it creates is no margin for error. So when Jonathan Taylor does have a very rare Jonathan Taylor moment and he fumbles late, is pretty much over because you're just not good enough and you haven't kept yourself in the game enough to overcome that. That, to me, I, I kind of answered it from the Ursay ballard point of view in the previous question. That would be where, if I'm Jim Ursay, I have my biggest questions for Frank Reich. The offense can't score, and the football team, Frank Reich's football team, can't get off the good start. At some point, that comes down on the head coach from a mindset preparation standpoint.
0: So let's get into Jim Ursay just a little bit here. You know, I'm watching the game at home, and I can hear the boos from the TV screen. I can't imagine what it sounded like inside the stadium when the Colts were getting down 24-3. to uh, All through the week, Jim Ursay kept calling for the fans. We need you. We need you. We need you fired up for this game. At what point does Jim Irsay have to look at this coach and this general manager and say, listen, we've tried everything. You guys are the problem.
7: Yeah, you know, if you're Jim Irsay yesterday and you you see that happen in your own building and think about how public Jim Irsay was on Twitter last week. You know, you didn't see Jim Irsay very public after the shutout loss to Jacksonville. You saw him really public last week on Twitter, the Tennessee matchup, the fact that his franchise entered yesterday, having lost four of five to Mike Rabel. It should be noted that Mike Rabel, their head coach, was hired in the same cycle as Frank Reich. Mike Rabel actually interviewed before Josh McDaniels was the higher here. So I think there's a lot of just natural pent-up frustration about that for Jim Irsay. And now we've seen one of these ugly performances, ugly starts, divisional loss, happen at hull. And I think that's the embarrassment meter to kind of watch with Hersey the rest of this month. What happens when Jacksonville comes into your building in a few weeks? What happens when Carson Wentz comes into your building <laughs> later this month? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to test Jim Hersey's patience and have him do something that, you know, he's never really been in a position to do as owner, and that would be make some significant in season changes, you drop any, either, or both of those games. I think that can get Ursay to do something.
1: Really? I mean, you're a guy that worked for the Colts. You did media for the Colts for a number of years. You've you've been a Hoosier all your life. You've paid attention to the Colts. Yeah, Ursay really doesn't make those kinds of moves in season, does he?
7: No, and Nigel, I think something to point out is, like, the Colts' franchise haven't really been in this sort of situation. Like, think about yeah. where the preseason expectations were and think about what's developed so far this season. And then you have to factor in the final two games of last year You know, I was making this point on our morning show earlier today. When the Colts have been bad in the Ursa ownership reign, which is what, like 96-ish, right around there, there was always the dangling future at quarterback carrot. You know, Peyton Manning was drafted in 98. Uh, The 2001 season, you still had Peyton on the roster. 2011, you knew Andrew Luck was waiting there at the number one overall pick. 2017, Andrew Luck was still on the roster. You don't have that this season. And when you make the move for Matt Ryan, you're sending a message to your franchise and saying, by us continuing to go Band-Aid veteran quarterback, we should be held to a higher standard expectation-wise. Because we're sacrificing, you know, long-term development with a younger guy to try and win here in the short term. Uh, So this is just, it's different for Ursa. I think it's different for Colts fans. I mean, obviously, and I'm speaking probably more from my generation of Colts fans, if you're 40 years or younger, you're not used to this at all from this franchise. And I brought up the offense earlier. Guys, they haven't scored more than 20 points in six straight games. If that stretches to seven games on Thursday night, that will tie the longest such streak for the franchise since 1993. So, Um, Kevin, wins and losses
0: aside here, if you take the wins and losses aside, and that's ultimately all that matters, but if the Colts are this boring, is that going to be something Jim Ursay thinks about whether or not he's going to make a move? It's not like they're losing exciting shootout games where crazy things happen. This is a boring, bad football team right now.
7: Yeah, it's a really good point, Hammer. I mean, it's boring. I think there's a level of apathy I have not seen from the fan base, especially this early in the season in quite some time. Um, the saving grace will be the AFC South leader will will we'll not run away. I mean, like, you will, you will always be in the mix. So if you want to kind of fall on that, I'm not saying that you should, but there's a section of the fan base or even the football team that obviously will continue to play for that AFC South crown but, you know, I brought up Jacksonville and uh, Washington coming up later this month at Lucas Oil Stadium. If you start to see empty seats, the Blue birds continue. You start to have more of those performances at home. That's where I think the Irsay embarrassment leader, meter, I should say, continues to rise. So that's the danger in all of this. Like you said, you're not an entertaining product right now. You're the least scoring offense. Dead last in the NFL in scoring, 14 points per game. And what are you selling as hope? You know, it's not like you have some young quarterback waiting in the wing. I mean, the Pacers are going to be bad this year, but the Pacers have some young hope. The Colts at the most important position in football, they don't have that.
0: KB, if anybody uh, hates themselves and they want to read more about this Tennessee (laughs) Titans game or better yet, a preview of what's coming up Thursday, where can they go?
7: Yeah, I, I prefer to go with if you want to cope, <laughs> you can cope uh, with us over on 107.5thefan.com uh, and then our morning show, Kevin Querry, every morning, every morning from 7 to 10 on our sister station. So a quick turnaround, just a reminder for Thursday night, Amazon Prime and then the local ABC affiliate will also pick up the game here, RTV6, for those that want to watch the Colton Broncos on Thursday night.
0: KB, you're the best. Thank you. Yep,
7: enjoy you guys. It's the Hammer
0: and Nigel Show.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
1: My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer. <laughs> Jason Hammer is here. Uh, we got a full hour of the Hammer and Nigel Show coming up uh, with an update on Hurricane Ian and also the trial for the monster accused of shooting... And ultimately killing a Richmond police officer, Sierra Burton, we'll have an update there as well. So there's a new study
0: out from this group called Gartner. Now, The red Gartner? No, not quite. Something substantially different. Uh, Gartner in ER shows research on what employees expect from their managers now in this post-COVID environment. Because the rules kind of change during COVID, everybody's working from home. You know, people, you know, didn't have pants on. Jeffrey <laughs> Tubin's doing his lubin. Like things were different. But yeah. now that people are expected to be back in the worst place, the this workplace. Gartner agency uh, did a survey and broke down some analytics of what people expect from their bosses and employees. Hmm. Check this out. Um, it says here that employees are looking for bosses who lead by showing empathy. They want a sympathetic boss. They don't want the days of like a ball buster anymore. People coming back to work want to have a nice, happy boss. Yeah, because
1: having a ball buster of a boss means you have to work. (laughs) Right. Right? That doesn't surprise
0: me in the least. Uh, They say they feel more productive in a happy workplace
1: uh so what kind of boss do you expect i just expect our guys to give us the tools we need to win that's all i expect right i, I mean support us give us some uh dude, some tools we need to win and that's it in the early days of my radio career especially full-time working in a building like i did down on fall creek road with x103 and q95 and then 1260 wnde those guys those management was ruthless I'd get like great ratings at night, and they'd be like, oh, really? Number one at night? Congratulations. You should be one at night. You work for X1 or three. All right? <laughs> no applause for doing your job, dude. That's the kind of bosses that I had uh, coming up in this business. And that makes sense, because I bet if you play
0: football at Alabama, right, Nick Saban expects you to win. Like it. He's a ball right. buster too. Like, oh, you're first team All American? Everybody is. We're <laughs> That's Alabama.
1: It. That's what we do here. Um, the yeah, study. Never a pat on the back in my early <laughs> days, especially. Never a pat on the back at all. The study says uh, just
0: 29% say their supervisors are good at human leadership. Now, I like to think of myself as a solid leader. Like, you know, I know Kyle isn't exactly my employee, but we kind of lead the show here. Uh, Kyle kind of works for us.
1: producer, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And even before Kyle, producer Ari right. was kind of our underling. Uh, here are some moments <laughs> where I had to give some constructive criticism to both Ari and Kyle. Now,
7: what, what the hell was that? We had have- It was 5.14, and we had another story to go. It was was 5.15. The clock right here said 5.15. And I looked
0: over, and you were sitting there clearly on your phone. And I'm going like this. I thought you had stop the clip. No, we always like to go into traffic with like a fun kind of clip. It's always fun to throw it to Matt on a good note. And you're over there texting, looking at naked chicks, and doing all kinds of shit.
1: (laughs) I remember that. He was on his phone, or he wasn't paying attention, and we were trying to go to a break. Right. Well, did he hit... He just, yeah, he totally messed that up.
0: He was playing on uh, his uh, phone. <laughs> and then there's that one day you and I are in here recording commercials yeah. in like a production room, right? And Kyle's in the hallway, just yelling, being
1: real loud. Oh, we could hear him through the soundproof walls. And right? It was, it was catching up on our microphones. It was being caught on our microphones, right? Assistance.
0: Hey, can you shut the up for five seconds?
1: <laughs> you are trying to work here. Outside the studio, they can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> can shut the F up for five seconds?
0: Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.